Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. song california uh hey what's up sorry this is so bad it's good with ryan bailey i am ryan bailey welcome to your tuesday episode 
Um, another excellent mashup. You guys, I get so much. Um, I get, I get, uh, thankfully, a lot of messages saying that they really, really love the mashups. And can you give them to us? And uh, what I say to that is, um, yeah, I can. And I'm working on the best way to do that. I don't know if it's a, um, an MP3 compilation that I can mail you guys. I can't put it up on Spotify. Um, I don't know. So I'm trying to figure out the best way, but I want to get that into your hot little hands. I want to have, what do they have that, uh, guardians of the galaxy, that movie that like that super rad, awesome mixtape. I want to do that for so bad. It's good listeners because you guys, if I can throw you this and then on like a Friday night or a Saturday night, you guys throw this on and then you party your balls off, you know, it knocks you off your coal mining ass. That is the, uh, that is the power of a good mashup. Uh, I forgot to warn you to kick the kids out of the car before I cursed right there. Uh, how is everybody doing? Was Monday a gentle reentry to the work week for everybody? I hope it was. I sure do. Um, we got a great show for you today. Have you heard this new podcast, uh, The Bravo Docket? It's two lawyers that met during the pandemic on Reddit, and they got along so well, they decided to do a podcast, and they dive deep into all of these cases. You know how I talk about all the cases, but these guys are actual lawyers and talk intelligently about these things, and they were just really, really great uh, ladies. I really uh, I really dig their podcast. I think they're going places, and I'm so lucky to have them today. I think you're going to really dig it, and I can't wait to have them back. So that is our guest. I think I'm going to do a couple news stories, maybe play some voicemails. Oh, and you guys. Um, uh, if you have gotten cameos from Tawny, happy birthday, Tawny. Um, uh, Tawny's husband reached out to me to do a cameo for Tawny, and I wanted to take her to Buca de Beppo, but her birthday was today, and I needed to get it to her, so she had to unfortunately see my uh, my trashy room. <laughs> and I showed her. I drank BLK water on on the uh, on the cameo, and I'm telling you guys, it's not holy. That water is not meant to be on this earth. I think we all know that. There's just no... So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, remember when the Manzo brothers made BLK water on Real Housewives of New Jersey? It's... it's. I just thought, what a no-brainer that this shouldn't exist, you know? Like, water should be clear. If you're drinking black water, it makes the mind thinking think it's dirt, that I'm drinking dirt water, and... I'm not putting it past me to drink dirt water. I'm te- I'm it's I'm sure at some point I will have to drink dirt water, but it is so so even if it's like I heard some people speak up saying, "Oh, I like it." Really? You like dirt water? What is wrong with you? Like how have you tried the clear water? Like there's no what is the bonus of drinking water that's black? I'd rather just go with the clear water. I'd even rather go, I, faucet water is fine. I'm one of those guys, you pull a waiter up to the table, he goes, sparkling or still. I go, yeah, just give me flat water. I don't need fancy water. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> um, let's see here, you guys. Okay, so yesterday on the Pop Culture Roundup with Sophie, I was talking about this guy, Da Baby. D-A-B-A-B-Y, this rapper that just got, uh, can't like they kicked him off the Lollapalooza closing night and he released a statement today. Another apology, if you will, Chrissy Teigen must have leaned him in the right direction. And I cannot wait for you to read this apology. I want to hear your thoughts, but, um, also I just really got to, no offense, but like the baby is just, 
is that a, I mean, okay, here's the thing. I think this guy is kind of talented. I think this guy, if this guy could shape up and like get his act together and not really like the pride and ego and let that go, this guy will have a, I don't believe he's canceled. I believe he's getting punishment for hate. Um, but I think if he actually takes time to learn what people are upset about, I think he'll have, go on to have a huge career. My other big problem though is the baby. Like, if you're growing, like, why don't we just call him the baby? Like, duh is just, come on. That's what I'm saying. Like, Machine Gun Kelly. Like, I know a lot of you ladies love Mr. Mister Gun, but, like, can you be Machine Gun Kelly in your 60s and 70s? It's like, it's like when the Black Eyed Peas were popular. I always try to imagine them as, like, a, a tribute act in Vegas or, you know, like, you know, they had those old, like, Ve- like when Elvis got kind of old, he went to Vegas. Like, imagine you know, in 20 years, the black eyed peas and Fergie singing my humps, my lovely lady lumps. Like there's only so far you can go. Like, I wish artists would think about this, like, or even new kids on the block, new kids on the block. Eventually they were going to be men. You know, I just feel like people need to think about the long term effects of a name in pop culture, you know? So anyways, the baby, you guys, he gave us a new apology, and it's funny how it starts off. Um, let me read this, and then we'll, we'll discuss. This is his new apology. These things are dropping like mixtapes. It says, social media moves so fast that people want to demolish you before you even have the opportunity to grow, educate, and learn from your mistakes. As a man who has had to make his own way from very difficult circumstances, having people I know publicly working against me, knowing that what I needed was education on these topics and guidance has been challenging. I appreciate the many people who came to me with kindness, who reached out to me privately to offer wisdom, education, and resources. That's what I needed, and it was received. Second paragraph, I want to apologize to the LGBTQ plus community for the hurtful and triggering comments I made. Again, I apologize for my misinformed comments about HIV AIDS, and I know education on this is important. Love to all. God bless. And then he signed off. Da baby. Ooh, could I be da Bailey? No. Anyway, so, okay. So here's the thing. This is the funny thing about that first paragraph not an apology, right? Like usually with apology things, it's always the strongest, I call me crazy, to lead with the apology and then you can go into all of the excuses. You know, we've always talked, the housewives do this all the time. You know, sorry, but it doesn't hold a lot of water. So this guy in this first paragraph managed to blame everybody but himself and he managed to speak out about the people that were not offering him enough resources. What can I offer a millionaire in terms of resources? Do I need to introduce him to the uh, baby? Have you heard of the World Wide Web? It is this marvelous tool where you can type any kind of ignorance into a search engine and possibly get more ignorant. But there's also great information on there. So he managed to like try, try to say we didn't people didn't handle how I offended all these people. You guys didn't take it. You guys didn't take it the offensive way I meant it. And that if he had just put that second paragraph. The baby is in to clear. It's like, I want to apologize. Like, that's a solid apology. It's written by a publicist, but it's still solid. It's still an apology. It can't be misconstrued. So this joker did that first paragraph. So it's another thing. And guess what, you guys? In the last couple of hours, not only has he been dropped from uh, uh, Lollapalooza this weekend, closing set would have been huge for him. He has now been dropped by another musical festival, Governor's Ball, and a new, another musical festival, Day in Vegas. 
and uh, this clothing company that had a collab with him called Boohoo Man um, has parted ways with the baby. So I think this is exactly what needs to happen in situations like this. Um, you know, hurtful and hateful words have consequences. But what I love is if he can learn from this, he's going to be fine. Like, uh, you know, who was the guy, Morgan Wallen, the country music artist? He had said, uh, remember he was caught on videotape, got, I would say about six months ago, saying the N-word to his friend on a drunken thing and his neighbor secretly filmed him. And, you know, he went to rehab, supposedly. He's done an apology tour. Uh, you know, whether you want to believe him or not, he he said he was sorry. He took actions to try to better himself. And we do have to take people at their word for, you know, at the beginning and then see if he's able to live the life that he is saying uh, he can live now. But this baby, you know, he's got to learn. I mean, I, I hate to I just think that's those are the ways that because it's such a bad message, right? Like I, I said this yesterday and I know I keep harping on it, but I just really think we're in a time and place where we don't have a control over a lot and we've been through a lot, right? Like COVID, all of this crap. But what we can control is how we choose to relate to our fellow man, right? And like the rights and the freedom we give and the respect to love whoever you want to love. You know, I mean, it, it's one of the easiest things because at the end of the day, it's just a simple, it, it doesn't take anything for you to give somebody acceptance, right? I mean, I know if it's a personal relationship, that might be a little harder sometimes for, for personal reasons, but our acceptance is so tiny. You know, our, our sign of respect for somebody else. These things don't cost a lot. It's like, um, it's like a five-star review. You just have to hit that five-star. It's done, you know? I don't know. I just keep thinking a lot about this lately because I feel like we don't, like I said, have a lot of control over things. And this simple thing, just showing respect to our fellow man, I don't know. And and by the way, I'm not saying I'm perfect because I do stupid shit all the time. You guys, I, I actually record it and put it out as a podcast. So you guys know. Uh, but I think the thing is to realize we are fallible, right? Like we do make mistakes. And how do we make up for those? Um, I don't know. I feel like it, I used to sometimes get defensive when I made a mistake, and I probably still do here. But what I've started to realize is that, okay, well, the moment that when I'm starting to get defensive, maybe that's the time I need to listen harder. And maybe that's the time where real learning can happen, you know, because we want to, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop proselytizing uh, and move on to our next thing. You guys, did you see this? The Daily Mail they did a story today that on Sunday, Lala and Rand and Jackson Brittany met for lunch outside, of course, so the paparazzi cameras could get them. And then the paparazzi cameras followed them to the car. They all got situated. And then they followed Jax to a medical marijuana dispensary. And there's pictures of Jax dancing with his weed. Like like a little like a little high Fred Astaire. Like a, like a little smoked out Fred Astaire. I'm like, this guy, I just feel... You know, it's weird. Like I, it was interesting. I, I would love to talk to under the right circumstances, uh, you know, like it would be interesting. We talk about this all the time about that year that housewives, uh, if they're let go from their contracts, what that year is like. And I would be curious the same thing about Vanderpump rules people, if they would actually be honest with themselves. Cause at first you probably are like, I don't need that. There's so many great opportunities. That was a, that was a prison that that show kept me in. And then I would imagine around six months in your phone's not ringing as much. And in fact, I talked to a, a former housewife. I think that's going to be on Wednesday's show. And she talks about her experience 
of uh, getting off the show and realizing like when the phone doesn't ring as much. And I just wonder about that. And I wonder also when you start watching that show air again, and if it's a good season, like Beverly Hills right now, don't you wonder about, do you guys remember the, the John Mellencamp's daughter? I, I'm all, I forgot her name. What Jetty, I think Jetty Mellencamp. Uh, <laughs> but I always wonder, it's gotta be especially hard for her right now because this is such a, I believe stellar season. And there is so much press over the Erica Jane thing. And I think what we can all, or what all the housewives can agree on is they all love attention. You know, no matter how it comes to them, whether it be for somebody else's court case or for like a, you know, puppy gate, it doesn't matter. But Teddy, did you guys see this today? Teddy Mellencamp uh, revealed that she has COVID. I, I am going to throw out a theory. I believe Teddy's uh, 40th or 50th birthday that she just had. Remember, she went over like Bahamas or Cabo or something and she had all her friends there. I believe that might not super spread her, but I believe a couple. I have heard rumblings that I know a certain other husband of a housewife just had COVID as well. And that has not been in the press. Um, allegedly. But now Teddy came out and said she did, and she posted a photo of her looking miserable and at the doctor and all this stuff. But this comes hot on the heels of the last couple of weeks. Remember, Teddy uh, had a vertigo last week. That was a Daily Mail article. And then the week before that, she talked about tequila Teddy and how she had slipped and fell or something and banged up her face and lip. Or No, that was on the vertigo. Tequila Tequila Teddy was so I'm saying like she's had three things where she's tried to. I mean, listen, I would be a disgusting human being if I said she got COVID for attention, but I do want to say that it probably is hard to not be in the public kind of eye. And I don't mean everybody watches Bravo because they don't, but it has to be a little bit of a fall from grace of all of a sudden not getting that attention. And I just think it's wild. I'm like, please, can somebody, I, I hate, I'm going to take this back immediately after I say it, but can see, can please somebody put Teddy Mellencamp back on the show? Because I feel like she's just going to eventually, it's just going to keep getting worse. I feel like she's going to run over somebody or get run over. I mean, we went from vertigo to COVID. I mean, what is after that? We got to make sure like she is not taking this well. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, okay. You know, so you guys know I have a Google voice number. It's in the description notes. If you guys want to call and leave a message, I have had some pranks and thank you so much. I believe one of my, uh, friends, uh, daughters and son called me and, uh, it was, I'm not going to play that one, but I am going to play a couple comments from listeners and, uh, yeah, let's do that. So here is, what should we entitle this? So, so bad voicemails, so bad mails. Okay. We're just going to play them. Ryan, as usual, I almost spit out my coffee. I cannot listen to you in the morning. You are so funny when you do the Beverly Hills recap, so I am dying over it. The one disagreement I have with you is over Karen versus Giselle. I certainly know that Giselle pushes Karen's buttons and she starts in, but you have never mentioned the fact that Ray was basically telling Karen, or Giselle rather, that her all she has to offer a man are her looks. And once her looks fade, that she is basically not going to be able to find anyone. That that's basically her worth. 
No one has ever discussed this. It kind of glossed, was glossed over. And yes, you know, if I were Giselle, I would be defensive and upset about that as well. And for her to reply, Giselle to reply, you know, I, you're going to be dead before that happens, does not mean she wishes that he died. It just means that her looks will never fade. And so everyone's interpretation, including you, as Giselle's so bad and Karen's so great, she's not. She's not. She's not, though. So Giselle is firm and, yes, could she be more forthcoming about her relationship? A thousand percent, though. But does she speak the truth? A thousand percent. That's the very one thing that I disagree with you. Everything else, you are spot on. Oh, my God. I think we can all agree with her last uh, statement of you are spot on. So if you're going to take anything from that, it's that I am spot on. Thank you so much for this message. And I got to tell you, you're right. I did not. I I guess I really did gloss over that thing where what she's talking about, you guys in Potomac. If you guys didn't watch uh, in the first couple of episodes, Karen is mad at Giselle because Giselle uh, kind of said... Basically, Ray had gotten into a conversation with Karen a couple of seasons ago, and Ray was being kind of a man and saying, you know, you got to settle down because your looks are going to fade one day. And that's, you know, kind of referring that that's something that's one of the big things that you have to offer a man. And yeah, that is insanely ridiculous. So I think what we're all hearing is the fact that I, you know what, to be honest, I think what it is, is that we get scared as an audience when we see uh, any housewives or house husbands get older. I feel the same way about Ken Vanderpump, actually. I get really nervous, like no no joke. Like when I see him like kind of hobbling around, I'm just like, oh my God, please live forever. And I think that with Ray too, and that's why it's so shocking because we do see Ray getting older and you kind of see him getting like, you know, a little more hunched over. And if you guys tell Karen I said any of this, I am going to be very upset, but Yeah, I mean, Giselle is so sometimes full of herself that it doesn't... And Karen's full of herself, too, but I think we all see that it's different. Like, Karen, to me, is an underdog at all times. But you are right. What Ray said is horribly offensive. And the sad thing is, I don't think he even realizes what he said was horribly offensive. Um, But thank you so much for correcting me. And above all, thank you for letting us all know that, as always... I am spot on. So here's a good one uh, from our listener, Mel- uh, Melissa, who I love. Uh, this is a little bit about uh, Benefer. I had asked your guys' opinion on Benefer as a couple last week. So I wanted to call in and talk a little bit about Benefer, as you mentioned. Um, so long story short, I don't think that they're a real couple. I think that both of their careers as they're getting older have been on the decline, and they both recognized this and an opportunity after the A-Rod split to really resurrect the popularity that they used to have. And in the same vein, I feel like traditional celebrities in general, because of TikTok and YouTube and also because of just how, you know, dumb and embarrassing they acted during COVID, have been on the decline for a while. And so it seems to me like a desperate ploy to resurrect the huge peak of celebrity uh, interest that they had in the early 2000s, just celebrities in general. Um, and I, I don't know, I just, I think they're both not strangers to transactional relationships. You know, J-Lo just had that big relationship with A-Rod, which I don't feel bad for A-Rod at all, but they did have kids, you know, a blended family together. So it's, I think that her and Ben just got together way too quickly for me to really believe 
the sincerity of it, but also Ben just had that relationship. I don't remember the girl's name, the young actress, but there's so many videos of them walking outside, uh, walking their dogs really slowly, obviously trying to be photographed. So I think it's kind of both of their MOs and it just seems too perfect and too good to be true and very staged. I think they're both desperate for those clickbait clickbait articles about, you know, their iconic recreation of this epic photo or whatever. Um, Melissa, what did Benefer ever do to you to be so hateful towards them? No, you, okay, you're totally right. And by, we talked to this a uh, little bit about this with Sophie yesterday, especially about those kind of zombie walking things for paparazzi clicks. I really am curious about this, about the nature of celebrity. These both people have been in the public eye for like, what, 20 years now at least? You get used to something like that, right? Like you, it almost must feel weird if it's not there, if you don't have cameras in your face. Because it's not like Ben Affleck is like a like a really, like Marlon Brando, who is like just very odd and, you know, like kind of really weirdly artistic. No, Ben Affleck, like he's a, you know, he's a box office star. And Jennifer Lopez, I mean, the same way. So if they didn't have that, I think that would feel weird. Um, A-Rod, like, uh, thank God you weren't about to say something good about A-Rod. And yes, they did have a blended family, but shame on A-Rod. If you do have a blended family that gets along, how dare you to consistently cheat on their mother by sliding into Instagram DMs? I mean, imagine being a star. Uh, I mean, I don't even like sports, really. But imagine being that kind of star and still thinking that's a very man thing. Do you notice these last two calls? You had Ray as a man acting like he knew what, uh, you know, what, what, uh, women need to do to impress men. And you had a rod thinking he could, um, cheat at will on JLo. But yeah, also this is definitely a throwback relationship. It's definitely a clickbait relationship. I do believe it's real. I don't believe it will last, but I do. I am completely here for it. MTV actually just celebrated their 40th anniversary, and I'm actually having a guest on to talk about that. And remember, like, I would kill for, like, MTV to do throwbacks of all their old shows. I want Room Raiders. I want uh, Pimp My Ride. I want Real World. I want all of those iconic MTV shows. But it, 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 like, it's the same itch that you can scratch with throwback couples. Like, it it hits that little pleasure button, you know? It's that little... um, it makes you feel good for a second. You know, if you look too deep in it, you're like, oh, this is totally weird and creepy. But for a second, you remember about yourself 20 years ago and how it was usually, if you remember 20 years ago, it's always usually a simpler time, right? So that's it. If you don't look too deep, if you kind of blur your eyes, it's all cool. But if you like start to focus on things, none of it looks right and it all feels kind of weird. So my suggestion to everybody is just blur your eyes Don't look at anything too closely because you're not going to figure out the mystery because it's going to disappoint you anyways. Because like you said, at the end of the day, they're just two people that have grown to be very thirsty and that almost need it like, you know, blood to a vampire. Great call, Melissa. This is a fun one from a listener right here. That's right, folks. We got a 10-minute butt dial uh, this past Thursday. Uh, Have no clue who that is, uh, hopefully. But that's exciting. For a podcast to have its first butt dial, you always remember your first. So thank you to whoever 
that butt dial was, it was greatly appreciated. And you guys, all of your messages are greatly appreciated. Please keep sending them. If you want the phone number, it is uh, it is on the description. And also, just put that on your speed dial, because my dream is that anytime you see a celebrity out in the wild, you just run up to them and you call the voicemail and say, you know, uh, whoever the celebrity, you know, Michael Bolton, leave this, leave a voicemail right here. You know, that's why you need to save it in your phone. Uh, but please keep sending them in. We'll uh, be doing this from time to time. And uh, it's just always great to hear your voices. Oh, one last thing. Uh, we talk about a little bit about this in the interview with the Bravo docket. But Tom Girardi today, we had paparazzi photos of him. Um, and he did look a lot thinner. He had a black eye. Uh, and he didn't look he didn't look good. You know, he is an 83 year old man, uh, going through a lot. I will be interested, um, you know, uh, the more that comes out about this and his condition. So we will see, but definitely a, a very frightening photo. If you, he looks like the golden state killer. If you guys remember, uh, I think his name is Joseph D'Angelo, but looked very, um, yeah, it looked, it, it was a very scary photo. So I'm well aware of it. Um, I, I, it's all around sad. It's all around sad, but, uh, we will probably find out more as we always do. So, uh, but now on to a great interview with lots of laughs and actually just lots of great information. Uh, you know, them as a new podcast called the Bravo docket. I put their Instagram and their website in there. Go follow them on both. Listen to the podcast. Uh, but here they are amazing ladies, Amanda and Ceci. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Tuesday episode. Uh, I am so excited to talk to our next guest. I know you have, they've only been around for a little bit, but I know you have already heard of them. Uh, they, they talk about all the stuff we love, but they talk about it from a smart viewpoint. They talk about it. Actually, they are lawyers themselves. So all of us who have acted like we've gotten our law degrees in the last year, these people actually do. Do that. These people, I mean, these people are verified. They're smart. If you listen to their podcast, I'm like I say, I'm the one that'll make the fart jokes. They are going to give you uh, balanced commenting and also humor, but they're really smart. And I can't wait to talk about Erica Jane, Jen Shaw, all of the stuff that we're fascinated by. Uh, the Bravo Docket is the podcast. Um, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of that. The website is thebravodocket.com. But uh, please, you guys, welcome Ceci and Angela. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. Yeah, thank you for having us on. Um, We're super excited. Uh, so that's Angela's voice that just spoke. And Ceci, say hi again. Hi, everyone. <laughs> okay, so now we've established voices. Now, uh, I got to ask you a question that I would ask Dr. Wendy or Dr. Tiffany Moon. Uh, they have like real careers. Why are you in the muck and the mire with us Bravo people? What, what, what is possessing you to do what you're doing right now? Well, we just honestly noticed that there is a need that people were really interested <laughs> in the law and that people it really wanted the answers for what these legal terms mean because they, these housewives and other reality stars just will not stop getting into legal trouble. And for me, it was a really validating way to use my law degree. I've been practicing for 14 years and to use it for my, um, I guess, I don't really call things guilty pleasures because I just don't think pleasures are guilty, but for to use my law degree for something that I wanted to use it for. And then people have just been so receptive to it because people like learning about the law. They honestly do. 
Are you the same well, way? I mean, Sessie? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I don't think it's muck and mire. I love it. I love watching this stuff. It's oh, like, I've committed my entire life to it, but I'm just saying yeah. I, when I hear, I'm like, if I was a lawyer, I would, I would be <laughs> doing this and that and this and that. But like, it's, it's amazing that you guys choose to actually help us out here. But you know what? Like so many attorneys have reached out to us after we started the podcast, like higher up attorneys too are listening to the podcast and like learning. And I'm like, whoa, you like Bravo too? It's kind of like <laughs> no reassuring. Jesus. I love that Bravo <laughs> because you find out how many smart, funny, amazing people are fans of the same thing that you are. And it, it blows me away. It's like, it, I, I'm sure there's some doctors out there even, but um, how did you guys meet? Like, I mean, are you, I feel like you're like the Avengers of law. Like how did you guys <laughs> meet each other and discover you're both lawyers? Well, we also met amongst the muck um, on Reddit. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, it was good talking to you guys. We'll talk to you later. Yeah. We love garbage. We just. <laughs> I'm not smart or brave enough to go on Reddit yet. That is just that is the war over there. I mean, it, there's a really big Bravo community, though, like a huge one on Reddit. Yeah. So. Uh, it's so honestly you guys were... a good community. Like the, you know, I think it's moderated really well and the, it's just a really good way to make connections. Like, so when the pandemic first hit, I had been maybe a casual viewer of Real Housewives, but then I had just moved to Texas and I was alone in my house and well with my husband and my cats, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and so <laughs> I really started binging the shows. And then because I was spending so much time on it, I was like, I have to do something to make this at least helpful to somebody or somehow educate, I don't know, something. So I wrote an essay kind of like a faux cross-examination, like a fantasy cross-examination and posted it on Reddit and says he saw it. Um, Who who was the cross-examination for? It was of Kyle Richards. I was a little mad about the Denise Richards thing. (laughs) Oh, I, you guys, I'm still livid. I mean, but I'm livid at Lisa Rinna. I'm livid. I mean, Kyle, but I'm Lisa Rinna. I, I am, I, I would yell shame if I ever saw Lisa Rinna. (laughs) I, I don't think we all under, like they, they put Denise to the coals and they're letting Erica Jane just go by her merry way almost with all of this stuff. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Totally with you there. Lisa Rinna, come on, like bring it. Bring it, girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, Ceci, you saw the the her cross examination, and then you said, "Yo, I'm a, a lawyer too." And then you guys got actually just built a friendship and decided, "Let's let's do a pod about this." Yeah, I mean, I had had the idea. I had sat on it for a year, but as a busy attorney, it's difficult to find the time. But I think, like Angela, the pandemic, I had more time on my hands. So, I guess a silver lining to the pandemic. I saw her post and I was like, let's do this. Like, people keep asking questions on the subreddit, like, what does this legal term mean? And I was like, well, I know what it means. So, yeah, we met, we like talked on Zoom, like we're doing right now, and just hit it off. And it do worked you, out. Yeah. Do you guys find out you have wildly different interpretation of certain laws? We generally agree on the law. I think we maybe have different interpretations. Like we we really enjoy taking opposite sides of a topic. Um, and that's a lot of fun for us. But I think when you're an attorney and you've been practicing for a while, you naturally are able to sort of just kind of disassociate and look at something from a different point of view, even if it's not your own. Um, and Ceci's really good at that. And I, and we, I think it's something we both enjoy and why we both became lawyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the law seems to me, or, or at least sometimes it's 
uh, to use a PK towards Erica term, it can be inherently cold, you know, it can be <laughs> vary depending on how you interpret the law. But, you know, it's some things are like n- nothing seems to be cut and dry. There's all these different ways around things. And I think especially with what we're dealing with, we're seeing some really inventive lawyers possibly or we will be uh, in order to help their clients. What do you think happened in these last two years where now I'm assuming anybody that's on Bravo is a criminal of some sort? We don't know. When we started this, it was before <laughs> the Jin Shaw stuff came out and it was before the Erica Jane Tom Girardi stuff came out. So so we what did were, you have then? You just had some maybe PK might have some financial issues. No. And maybe there was a long list. We haven't gotten to it at all, but there is a long list of like past legal issues that we haven't even touched the surface on. Like Sonia Morgan, Teresa and Joe. Oh yeah, because you had the Sonia Morgan uh, movie producer thing where mm-hmm. she lost mm-hmm. the uh, the lawsuit and had to pay out a big judgment, right? Yeah. 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 So there's a ton. And then like, and then the Erica lawsuit came out like right after we met. And then it was like all just blew up from there. Oh, I, I, I always say that it's like so funny. It's like the the next generation of Bravo fans will become lawyers or somebody has been inspired or at least a handful of people to actually study the law based on this past year, I would think. Which is great. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just fascinating. <laughs> but when you see somebody like Jen Shaw, that news, I mean, do you guys like secretly go, yes, yes, this is huge. Or are you just horrified? Like, what what are your initial reactions to things like this? Because it's, it's really bizarre to a lot of us. <laughs> I mean, I think like... Uh, just being human, my initial reaction when I heard about Jin Shaw was, oh, I hope it was during filming. Just to be <laughs> By the way, I thought, I thought you were going to say my initial, re- I thought you were going to say my human reaction was, I hope she's okay, but you, I hope they were filming. <laughs> I'm not awesome. going to lie. No, no that's, that's what all, that's, those cameras better have been there. Yeah. My first thought, like if you decide to go on TV and allegedly commit a, a fraudulent actions then and you get caught then I do hope it happens on reality tv I mean you know so (laughs) well you guys need to go uh hit follow on their instagram because they really walk you through a lot of these things that uh, a lot of us are confused on on top of the podcast I was just looking at their Jen Shaw slides and uh I was reading about the tier a status she's finally reached a list but it's tier a which is a, a criminal classification I believe right is that is that what that is Well, so the court asked the government who's prosecuting the case to provide them with a list of where they think the defendants lie in terms of culpability. And so they had already done it for two prior cases. I don't know if you recall, but there have already been people, defendants, sentenced, found guilty. This has been Um, going on for a long time, correct? A long time. And the government alleges that Jen Shaw was working in cahoots with these other defendants. And so they already had a list of like category one, two, three, four, and had listed out all the defendants from most culpable to least culpable. And then they asked, hey, you have these new defendants. Can you put them in as well? And that was Jen Shaw, Stu Chains is on there. And because they're so much more culpable than everyone else listed, they created a new tier A to put on top of category Congratulations, one. Jen. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked she's not sold a t-shirt yet that says tier A status or something. <laughs> That's um, a great idea. <laughs> wait, wait, by the way, A-list you status. guys, Bravo That's Docket t-shirt. Hilarious. Bravo Docket t-shirt. Um, <laughs> well, Stu Chains, he's considered tier A as well. I was hoping he would get like, I mean, 
I don't, I, I hate to say that I feel bad for any of these people, but at the same time, I'm like, Stu is probably going to serve. Well, okay. That's the question. Is she going to have to serve time? All signs point to yes at this point, but again, everybody is innocent until they've been proven guilty. I firmly believe in that in our legal justice system. All we have right now are the allegations that have been made. There haven't been any definitive findings of fact, so we don't know for sure, and presently she is still innocent in the eyes of the law. Um, Clearly not in the court of public opinion, but in the eyes of the law. She's got good defense attorneys, but I will say from reading the evidence, it's the evidence against her appears to be compelling. So, well, if she knew this was, I mean, like if this has been going on for years, was she aware of this for years that this was going to be in her future? Because I find that extremely bizarre then to be, and you guys have spoke about this of like, well, let my, let me put myself on TV, spend an exorbitant amount of uh, amounts of money. And we have the same kind of issue with Erica Jane. What would possess somebody if they knew people were going down for this? How aware do you think she might've been? Well, the government recently (laughs) said that she was definitely aware there was like a prior FTC case filed against one of the companies she worked for and she was deposed in it. So she knew that (laughs) there was something going wrong with a company she was in. She was deposed in it, made a copycat business from that one that got FTC sanctions. And then the government also in that tier A list put everyone that's olded knew about the, or should have known that there were criminal charges against the other defendants. So the government is alleging that Jen Shaw probably should have known that this was going on. And she still kept going. She put money in offshore bank accounts. Wow. She and, put money in offshore bank accounts and they've, wait, I mean, what is the point of these offshore banking accounts? Cause it always seems like they get found out. Like how offshore <laughs> are these things? It always seems like they find them. Like, is there a place where the government can't find money? I mean, if we knew that we wouldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I, I stopped recording. Why don't you just tell me I stopped recording. I just won't make it. Um, uh, cause this also was, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, this also <laughs> plays a very uh, big thing with the Erica Jane case. But I think the Jen Shaw thing, uh, I think a lot of Bravo fans, or at least my frustration a lot, is we seem in this day and age that nobody will ever admit guilt. Is that uh, you will go, like, uh, you'll never admit guilt. We we see it with um, so many different cases. I mean, what is the possibility can Jen Shaw plead out? Can she take a plea deal at this point? Or are they just like out for blood? Um, where does it go from here? Cause I know the next uh, is October 10th or something. Well, if she's offered a plea deal, she can accept it at any time. We don't know that one has been offered um, her posture, at least in that we can see through the, filings of her attorneys is very much that she is innocent, that even if these things that she was doing were perhaps not good, that they were not illegal, um, that you know, just because you sell business services to somebody that doesn't actually need them, that maybe that isn't ethical, but it's not against the law. That's kind of what they're arguing in a very high level. Um, so, you know, I... I think she's probably, my guess would be that she, if she can afford it, is going to take it to trial. And I, even if she can't afford it, she can get assigned an attorney if her attorney uh, bows out at some point. 
And, and we saw just recently she went on Instagram Live because, you know, why not? You know, that's a fun thing to do. Um, is She went on and she was dancing and said, I'm going to be at BravoCon and I'm going to be, you know, because it's, I guess, the court case is in New York, so it would make sense. But what do you think possesses any of these people to... <laughs> Um, like I was, I was talking about this on the pod the other day. I said, army hammer, uh, for everything that was alleged against him in January, he kind of disappeared. Like he, there was one thing that he went to rehab, but he, at a certain point made no other public statements. You don't catch him using his social media, but Jen Shaw and Erica Jane and these, it's like their egos cannot, uh, not, uh, reach out and mess around on Twitter and go back and forth with angry fans. What do you think possesses them? And if you were their lawyers, would you shake them hard and say, stop it? I, I, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know what possesses them to do it. There has to be some level of like narcissism at play. Which and is that's what we love like about a, the housewives too. I mean, we, we champion a lot of them for their narcissism in a way. Right. I mean, and that's yeah. not a diagnosis at all, but I would definitely tell them to stop. Like yeah. I saw somewhere today where someone said, or someone, one of the Instagram accounts posted that Jen Shaw, Jen Shaw said she was going to be bringing it to season two and like, wasn't going to like leave anything you, behind. Bring it to your court case. Don't I was bring like, it to season two, bring it to your you court You should probably case. not bring it. <laughs> yeah. You should probably stay silent. <laughs> well, don't you think that's what I'm saying? Like if they, if it goes to trial, she's going to make it like, a show every day. She's going to bring in like do different hairstyles each day, different out. I mean, cause we saw the arraignment when she had put the, the braids in and it was an extensive. And I just don't know. Like, I feel like how much, like it's all court of public opinion now, at least through social media. And it's all just been so rampant and especially over uh, quarantine, especially it seems we're in like the people's court on Twitter and Instagram all day long. But how much does that really play into any of this? Like, I mean, is that, you know, you can lose public opinion, but you can still get off scot-free. I do think that there are, you know, federal prosecutors are very good and they're very smart. And there's, you know, a couple of theories behind criminal justice, which is one, you punish people to punish them, but also you punish people to deter others from behaving in the same manner. So I do think that by Jen keeping herself out there, being on TV, that is potentially a motivating factor for them to perhaps not offer such a lenient plea, um, to look at her behavior. Like, you know, a lot of times during sentencing, like there's talk of remorse or, you know, like one of the defendants that has already pled in this case really said, like, I accepted responsibility immediately he expressed remorse. He had letters written from his parents saying that, you know, he just made mistakes. And it's, if you are found guilty and it gets to sentencing, your behavior with where you're not accepting responsibility does come into play. So I do think that that could be an issue for her if she's found guilty. Oh my God. Will Meredith Marks have to write a letter on behalf of Jen Shaw to the, I mean, and will, will, if she does get sentenced, will there be victim impact statements that Jen will have to read to the, the victims? Like how far, I mean, is it like a, a murder trial or something? How different is these, these kind of trials from what we see on TV and movies? I think the trial will be similar to what you see on movies, but it's two parts. So first it's finding whether or not she's guilty. And then there'll be like a separate hearing or mini trial, I guess, for sentencing. So then you'll get like the 
her grandma or something will come in and be like, she's so good. She's such a good person. And then I, I don't know, maybe the judge will allow like one of these 55 year old people to come on and be like, you scam me out of all my money. So, Oof. Oh my God. That's yeah. We need a coach Shaw pep talk in that moment, I guess. But, um, <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, this is going to be ongoing this year. And, and uh, Heather Gay was on uh, my podcast a, uh, a little bit ago. And she had even said, uh, you know, exactly, Angela, what you had said uh, of like, you know, we're not uh, innocent until proven guilty. She was like, I'm choosing to believe my friend. I know that is not popular thing to do. And, you know, but she goes, and if she is found guilty, I do believe in, you know, penance and forgiveness and making amends. So uh, I'm so curious at, at this point, we kind of know Jen's like, or at least how she's handling it in the press, but I'm just so curious to ha- see how the other Salt Lake ladies are. And that's why I feel like we've never seen a second season. Like we're potentially about to see with Salt Lake. Are you guys really excited or even just for the trailer? I'm excited, you know, oh, Salt Lake's coming in hot. I mean, there's already so much going on there. I, our episode on Mary Cosby, where we both did a deep dive into all of those legal issues was just, it was like a roller. I mean, I just could not believe, I mean, she like, it went all the way up to the Utah Supreme court and there was, she was classified or one of her church is classified as a cult, I believe. Correct. Like, well, I think people call it that, that, but I don't, you know, I, I try to be very, just objective about people's religions in general, but like You're so much better than me. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this, is, this is, this is why you got to listen to their podcast, you guys. But uh, Well, I mean, just to feel like what, what was all the cases or what, what were those in regards to, was it uh real estate and things? It, it involved the death of um, her. Oh, grandmother. Um, And she, her grandmother was an absolutely, by all accounts, just lovely woman, an amazing person, a, this woman of color that built up these businesses at a time where that was very difficult to do. She was very well-respected. She married Mary Cosby's current husband. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you got to watch the first season. It's just really amazing. I I can't, like, there's there's so much to go into with it. But anyway, like, it all involved the probate estate the um, inheritance, uh, forgery of documents, which was found to have happened, um, a couple million dollar jury verdict, then a banker. I mean, just like, it just was a roller coaster of things. And that's just what happened before the show even started. But then again, like I was watching that show, you guys, and like, you know, Mary was bragging about like her closets that she couldn't, it was overfilling with designer clothes and how she literally was like, well, I have three houses. No, you know what? I have four houses. No, I have five. Like she was, and they were showing each house. And I was like, could this be used in a court case eventually against her this footage? Yes. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, the same thing with Erica Jane, they showed an over, they even called it an overflow closet or, or like, what was it? They called it on the first episode of the season. And I was like, can they use this against her? Like I, I would imagine they would, or at least from what I've read online is that they are watching these episodes very carefully, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking at her assets to try and see if they can recover anything for, for the creditors that are claiming that they are owed money by Tom. So, I mean, I imagine that there's like a paralegal sitting somewhere or a junior associate sitting somewhere and like tallying up 
everything that they're showing in her closet. And I would love that job. Like I sort of saying, like you can <laughs> or even at the FBI right now, there's probably a housewives division where they just some <laughs> guy having to watch all of the, the episodes and stuff. And I was like, that's amazing. That's what we do all day with our lives. Anyways, I'm happy to work for the FBI. Um, well, I guess a little bit moving. Uh, so, but isn't it interesting too, is Mary was the one that we all kind of pegged for like something mm-hmm. weirds going on and we completely <laughs> ignored Jen. Well, like, you know, like, I mean, we thought she was like, you know, wow, that's a brash character. But I, I remember saying like, oh, I don't really understand what she does. Ah, oh, whatever. Mary's crazy. Mary. Like I was like, just on, it was just so funny. Like she kind of went under the radar in that cast. So I really was shocked uh, when I heard that news. Yeah. And it'll be kind of weird to see how she responds to Jen's like criminal charges, you know, well, yeah, because like, they kind of banded together a little bit at the reunion, like, or at least Jen, they, they, they hugged each other. And then of course, recently Mary Cosby came out against Heather Gay and said that she was potentially racist. And, and uh, it was very bizarre, but very in line. You know, what's so interesting is that we take everybody seriously, but Mary Cosby, she put that out. And a lot of us were like, okay, that's just Mary. Like, I mean, it's like, we take everything else seriously, but when it comes to Mary Cosby, everybody takes it with a grain of salt, which is just really interesting. Um, yeah, if I had a choice of a couple witnesses, like if Mary Cosby and a couple other people witnessed something and I had a choice of who to put on the stand, I I would I would I think Mary would probably lack credibility. <laughs> I don't know what will give you that impression. Okay, so moving on to Erica Jane. So say this is like a, an imaginary scenario. You get an email uh, on the the Bravo docket, uh, you know, bat line, and uh, you call a number and it's like, hey, ladies, it's me, Erica Jane. I really like your take on my case. How much would it take for you to represent me? Like, would you represent Erica Jane at this moment or give her legal advice because you're able to come from it from a Bravo fan standpoint, how it looks to Bravo fans? Would you take that case would you go on her team at least what what would be the consideration in place for you to guys to do something like that i'm not going to answer with erica specifically but i will say <laughs> that i firmly believe in our we have an adversarial system in the united states so both sides have to be represented equally in order for the parties to really come to the correct determination and for everybody's rights to be fairly adjudicated so I really do believe that even if no matter what the circumstances, people are entitled to fair and uh, aggressive and, you know, competent legal services. Well, I think it would be fun to take. (laughs) (laughs) Erica, if you're listening, hey, you, you, you can go to their website, but well, that's what I was thinking is that I was like, gosh, you guys are like, this could be a potential gold miner. Like you just got to reach out to all new cast members immediately and go, you're going to need us at some point. We're here for you, but you're probably going like, because right now it seems any new cast member already, like we just got news last week, uh, a new cast member on real housewives of orange County turns out her husband, you guys, uh, I think they're like, uh, I mean, he owes money everywhere. And she released a statement saying she was saddened and horrified, which was like way to throw your husband completely under the bus for the sake of a show. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like these things like housewives, when are they going to wake up that now, especially everything's looked at with a magnifying glass and 
if your house isn't in order, we're all going to find out rather quickly. Right. Yeah. I, right. I, yeah. I think the, I mean, like, if, like we talked about in our, just our most recent episode, I think people that go on these shows have like such a tendency to have super strong optimism bias where they think that either the rules don't apply to them or yeah, yeah. they're going to come out looking great no matter what, which is why they sign, for example, those releases that say all that. they're like, oh no, it's going to be great for me. And then like I did a whole blog post about like the personality type or what causes people to go on TV and commit federal fraud. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, this is awesome. The, their, their most recent episode involved, uh, uh, I believe it's a lawsuit from uh, the gentleman that used to be Catherine Dennis's boyfriend for a little piece of time on, on Southern Charm. And, you know, he's, he's, you know, the lawsuit, you guys like, you know, kind of read through the whole thing or, or pieced it together. And, you know, he signed a contract, but he was saying it was under uh, like some false pretenses, correct? Yeah, that he was like whipped into hair and makeup and like in a Like you said, he's bald. He's bald. He doesn't need <laughs> hair and makeup. Yeah. Everyone needs hair and makeup. Um, <laughs> but like that he was just like given a piece of the contract and it was all covered up and he couldn't see what the other pages said. And he just like signed it and went on the show. And it's like, it was a three page contract, sir. There were also like some really important lines on the page that you did sign. You probably should have like taken the time to read and he's it. He's in politics, right? Like he's, I mean, there's no reason. I mean, what did you guys come to the conclusion of why he's even doing this in the first place? This was like years ago, if I remember correctly, that he was on the show. I think it was like 2018 or 2019, but I mean, and litigation is slow um, in general, <laughs> but I, I think Ceci and I both agree. Like we understood why he's bringing the claims and why he thought that things that occurred were unfair. And he does, according to him, have concrete evidence of damages. So what shocked us really was that the court, I mean, right, Ceci, like that the court hadn't thrown it out. Yeah, that his claims are surviving, even though he signed this document that says you're signing your life away to Bravo. And the court's like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, like that's in. what I don't get anymore either. And I don't know how to relate this to Bravo, but I'm sure there is an example of uh, prenuptial agreements. You know, Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank. But with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash 
so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Guys, it's your old friend Ryan. You did not start the pot over again. It is commercial time, but also a commercial for a brand that I am proud to represent, and that is Dame. So we've talked about on this show before that we should definitely seek out what's right for us, not compromise on what is most important. Now, our relationships, they should add value to our lives, especially in the bedroom, right? So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Now, Dame Products, this is why this company is cool. It is a women, a woman-owned sex toy company. They're making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. I've said vulva way too many times already. So it's founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. So their vibrators and accessories are made with medical grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. So whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self-exploration, which is a very valid journey, by the way, and everybody should 
have a journey of self-exploration at some point. But we are sure here at So Bad It's Good that they will earn a spot on your nightstand. Now, I personally recommend the Ava. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. It's flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days. So your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Listen to that, okay? Like, really, 60 days satisfaction guaranteed. That's a huge thing, hassle-free returns. So go to dameproducts.com, D-A-M-E products.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Again, go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Even if you don't buy something, folks, Go use my little www address and see if you like something on there. You never know, right? You never know. And I will tell you the last time that this commercial uh, was on uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple people bought products and they said they're really good. And I I, I have a product um, that I guess, guess I'm waiting for the uh, right person to break it in with. <laughs> fake it in with but you guys this is the real deal this is a real company they seem to be doing it the right way and i think it's really cool that a woman uh founded this and then it's run by women you can't have better than that women know what women want so okay i have talked about this way too much mom if you're listening i got you one too mom <laughs> back to sophie you know is that like it seems like prenups are like there to like kind of set things in place but now it feels like ah now nah, we can get through that with a good lawyer like if you know what i'm saying like it feels like there's a way around everything right now uh it, i mean it, it it just seems like a weird system or a system put in place just like tom girardi where the law is supposed to protect us you know it's supposed to protect sometimes even the little guys and we found out in tom girardi's case i think dating back 40 years with the california state bar uh, you know, there were criminal activity going on for four decades. It just seems like how do we trust the law if we always see it being manipulated by the wrong people? Well, one thing is to not just let the bad people practice law. So I, you know, in my career, I have gotten disheartened at times, but like my therapist said, are you just going to let the bad people keep doing it? You have to, you know, it's also, I would say what, happened with Tom Girardi is like extraordinarily rare. I mean, we talk about that, like with big Frank in Jersey, how he was caught with a random yeah. audit of the trust account. And that's the way almost all States uh, practice. Um, like they are very like, and that's, it's like an inviolate law that is just at the heart of what we do is that you do not, uh, you know, misappropriate client funds and you don't commingle client funds. And most attorneys, almost every attorney you will ever come into contact with is that's sacred. And we do not do that. And Ceci and I both talked about that, like how our first day of law school, that's what they tell you. The federal judge in the Lion Air case talked about that. It's so it's, it's not all like that. It's just like, this is what people are seeing right now. Well, I, a little bit of a personal question, I guess, is what um, what made you, do you guys remember what it was exactly that made you want to get into law in the first place? I'm sure it's different for both of you, but do you, do you remember what it was or why? I really like arguing. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just done a podcast. You could have just said, oh my gosh. 
Well, they, they weren't big when I was inspired to become a lawyer. I think in middle school, they like made us do a mock trial and I was just like, I took it so seriously and it was, it was rigged. So defendants always won. And I was the plaintiff and I was like, my client like deserves justice. And it just like, I fell in love with it. Um, but I also have like family members that are involved in like law enforcement and it just, I don't know. It felt, it felt like the right and cool thing to do. And I, I, I wanted to be like those cool lawyers that you see on TV. If I'm going to be honest, like Harry Hamlin played one on LA law. He played a cool uh, lawyer. Glamorous. And I don't know, you get to like write and research and every day is different, you know, like we're, our hats change all the time. It's, it's really, really fulfilling. And what about you, Angela? I mean, I had kind of like a I can't say that there was one thing. I know that I, I just always felt like it was something I would be good at, but I didn't, I mean, I grew up poor in central Florida. Like I didn't even know a lawyer. My family didn't even know a lawyer. Um, and so I just put myself through school. And like, honestly, when I got through undergrad, which I had paying for myself, I was like, oh shit. Now I, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to curse. I was like, oh, oh yeah, no. That's I'm, all we do here. Yeah, please. Okay. I was like, oh shit. I've got to go get a degree in something that I can actually pay off my own student loans. And I had gotten degrees in philosophy and political science. So I'm like, I'll go to law school. But I really did think that it was something that I would be good at. And I enjoyed like, I think because I grew up in like such a rural area, like I felt like I was learning how the world actually works and like what holds things together. And then it was almost like going to like a wizard academy where you learn how to say the right words and you can make things happen and you can oh, protect cool. people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that's what uh, I, I think it, it, you know, sometimes it feels like it or from the outside, it, it has to be a calling because of how much work that you have to put into it and, and all that. And that's why I find it funny is that in this last year, all of us Bravo fans, we're actually paying for court documents all of a sudden. We're trying to read like, what is this big word here? Like we're like, that's why I think your podcast is so needed right now to kind of really uh, cut through all of the brush that we don't understand. Because I remember when all of the the Tom Girardi stuff uh, and I have a lawyer friend and I had to keep going to her to like try to explain these things because there was just so many. I'm like, you guys could cut down on the pages. There's like way too many court documents. Like, I feel like we can really cons- like, but um. So with the Tom Girardi case, this seems to keep unfolding, but I'll ask the first question is I think a lot of people are confused when I see a lot of comments of like, she's going to jail for the rest of her life. Um, I, I Just to explain to people, most likely I, I would imagine it's financial liability that will be for Erica, correct? Well, I mean, she has not been accused of any criminal charges yet. There are no criminal charges in this case. The federal judge in Chicago that was handling the Lion Air case did refer the issue to federal prosecutors, but that was with regard to Tom after the contempt hearing, not understanding where the money had gone or being able to explain where the money had gone. So right now there are no criminal charges and everything's in bankruptcy. And I would guess that if they were going to press criminal charges, they would wait until after the bankruptcies have sorted through and done all the forensic accounting, because that's really what the issue is. So the bankruptcy court's going to figure out where all the money was and where it went and who had it and why it was there. And then the like other civil cases are going to their creditors, they're going to see who can get repaid back and what, and then they'll know like what 
the specific damages were for people who couldn't get paid back. And hopefully the forensic accounting will show if there's culpability in some way, if something was done intentionally. Um, but right now we don't have, we don't know any of that. I mean, you guys, this is why you got to go follow their Instagram is that uh, Girardi Keys, the law firm uh, that's been around for quite a long time. They are, uh, I guess, doing kind of a, what is it, a fire sale almost to try to recoup some of the money. And I will say, uh, if you guys outbid me on that Aaron Brockovich poster, I'm going to be pissed at you. That is, I saw you guys say, this is a great item. That's mine. Leave it alone. If I find out the Bravo docket bid on that, I'm going to be ticked. But that's really what they're doing, though. They're selling old like wine bottles. They're selling uh, posters. And I mean, and that's normal for a case like this. This is when they start going through the assets. But when do they get to go into Erica's uh, two closets at her three bedroom house? I think that's coming. Yeah, we put that post and everyone was like, I don't care about the the law books. Where are the Louboutins? And I was like, oh. See, I'm the nerd that's like, I'll just take anything. You got like, a, yeah. like a, a paper envelope opener? I'll take that, you know? I think there's a stapler going, so you Perfect. can bid for that. <laughs> um. So silly, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, uh, I mean, but yeah, like when do they get to go in? And like, there's, you know, you know, you had that Daily Mail thing a couple months where she she weirdly did that pose where she showed off the leopard ring that's like $113,000 or something. What is possessing her to do any of this? What is possessing to show? Like, I feel like I'm a dummy and I even know. So is there something else at play here that we're not thinking about in terms of why Erica is doing any of this? No, I mean, they have people combing through her assets right now, trying to figure out what is community property and what can go back to pay creditors. So her flashing the ring, showing that she still has it. I wouldn't like, yeah, I don't know like, what's going through her brain. Give, like, I'd give it to Mikey Minden and say, run, just run. You know, <laughs> like, I, I just feel so weird that I, I don't like, I'm not a lawyer, but I, that's why I don't know if I, I'm, I'm understanding this correctly. Cause I just feel like you don't win in the court of public opinion with this kind of stuff. And then I would actually feel like it's almost like um, uh, insulting to the victims and their families because that's their money in a way. Like, you know, even if Erica Jane does not know, which I guess we'll find out or however that is determined, she does know at this point that, you know, she keeps saying, or we saw in the mid season trailer, like, I want to know where all the money went. Like it went to your, <laughs> your rings and your jewelry and your face. It's all there. Like that's where that money went. What is, what is not being understood? Or is this what a lawyer recommends to somebody of just like act completely oblivious to everything, you know? There isn't, I mean, I don't have a good answer to that. I've certainly never had a client with the kind of fame that Erica has. Um, I do, you know, it's it's difficult to explain because it doesn't, I agree with everyone else's assessment that it just does not make sense. If it were me, I'd be like, you need to lay low, be quiet, because there's nothing you can, you can't say anything to defend yourself at this point. And then you can't, like, like there's nothing you can do. And so like, even if she's totally innocent and there's nothing and she knows like she's got something in her back pocket, maybe she was helping the feds for the past two years. I mean, she I said she know. was wearing a wire for something in that yeah, first, uh, one mean, of those first episodes, but we never figured out what that was about. But like, even if she was like the, I still would not like this conspicuous uh, just display of gratuitous wealth during this. I, I wouldn't recommend it as her attorney. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just feel like what's the what's the whole point of this? I, at this time, I would imagine, especially since the housewife and the hustler, what I thought did really well was actually putting a face to the victims. And I was really just thinking about Tom and Erica up until that point. And it was the first time that I actually, because I'd been reading about the victims, but the first time I was actually able to see the burns on the gentleman's body, uh, Mr. Rujimon, I believe, or, or um, and, and it really- Sorry. Yes. And it was so powerful. Like I thought it was so powerful and it put a real face to where I was like, wait a sec. Why do I even care if Erica is able to keep up with a lifestyle that she was, you know, used to like, why, like, you know, like you start. And that's why I would just be like, why wouldn't you just be quiet? Why, why keep like, she was on Instagram uh, Sunday and she tagged like her makeup stylist or hairstylist, Mikey and her assistant, which those are four people that I'm sure would have to get paid at some point. Like, why keep doing this behavior? And I, I guess I know you guys don't have the answers, but I think that's the frustration with a lot of Bravo fans right now is that I just, I want to understand. I want to know if this is some kind of tactic, if this is some kind of plan, I just can't figure it out. Well, well I, I mean, I've learned, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I think she is trying to put out this narrative that she was wronged by Tom. And I think yeah. maybe that's why she keeps like posting because she feels like she did nothing wrong. And if anything, she's one of his victims as well. And that's coming across in the pleadings that we're reading as well, that, you know, like this stuff is hers. It was gifts. Like, I mean, even on the show, she's crying about how he was so awful to her and that's why she divorced him. And so I think that's why she's like acting like there's nothing wrong. And like, how dare you guys accuse me of this when like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so it's so fascinating. And I hate to say that it really does make compelling TV because I think Beverly Hills this season is working so well regardless. And then if you throw this kind of, there's almost like a whodunit. And then in the back of our Bravo fan, we're like, oh my God, this is just like a warm up for Salt Lake. This is going so good. I can't wait to see what Salt Lake. I mean, like if that Salt Lake trailer doesn't have a shootout in the first five seconds, I'm going to freak, you know, like you just don't, you're like, this is new territory for a Bravo show, I believe, you know? Yeah, it is. And I, I, agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, one thing I was going to say is that something I've learned is that people, uh, people want to put like some kind of mastermind labels on a lot of even criminals and everything else. And a lot of times they're just not like, you know, but who knows, maybe, maybe Erica is a, like a genius mastermind. Maybe she's innocent. Maybe she has committed all these crimes. We don't know yet, but it's going to be really interesting to keep watching because we will find out. It is interesting because I tend to, and this is why I'm not in the law, I look at things from like almost like uh, I get offended easily or a moralistic standpoint or like, how dare, how dare this, which isn't the law, you know, like me. Well, because I was like, well, once you kind of marry for money, you kind of throw like a lot of those things out the window and you kind of got to roll with the punches. Uh, In terms of you said the gifts is what is the legal thing? If somebody gives me a gift and I find out they use stolen money to buy me that gift is it a gift? So I still get to keep it. What does the law say? Yeah. So the law essentially just said like it, yeah, you can't get a gift from someone's ill-gotten gains. It's no, not okay. like, so that's, a, so I didn't know if you, if you said ma- a gift, it's like magically is like fine then, you know? No, but that's what she's claimed like that a lot of what she received was a gift. So whatever, but that's not necessarily it. And there's the whole issue of community property, which Angela could probably explain better than I can. But like, even if it was a gift, like say Cartier gave her the ring, right. And she's like, Oh, this is a gift from Cartier. Like this is mine. It doesn't matter because 
when she was married, it was community property. And technically that should go back to pay Tom's creditors. I don't know if you want to add in anything, Angela. I probably just butchered that. No, you got it right. Like that's the thing. (laughs) Yeah. The gift defense is if you're like a husband and wife are married and the husband gives the wife like a beautiful anniversary ring that is supposed to be like for the wife and it's not community property. So she would get to keep it in a divorce. And so that's one of the things that was being argued was that these things from Tom were gifts. They're my personal property. California has dealt with this issue a lot, as you can imagine with all of the wealthy people and celebrities and everything else. And then people trying to hide money and they have a fraudulent transfers act. And so there are specific laws in California that, you know, your husband can't buy you like a house in like, you know, Malibu and be like that. Oh, that was a gift from my wife. It wasn't community property. So that shouldn't be. Yeah. But like, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I think also we have to get or normalize the, the thinking of there isn't black and white. There's a lot of gray. And I think with Erica Jane, especially, you know, it's like, well, she might not know. I don't think she was in there like typing up documents and whiting out things. And I, you know, she was, I, I, I don't think she was like that at all, but also I think there is this, I guess what I've been disappointed in the last year and, and, and maybe I know you said that thing about your therapist was that like, um, is, is all money just gotten illegally now? Like, is there any real rich anymore? Is there any real wealth or is it just people stealing from other people? And then that's why, uh, Erica's like, Oh damn, I never thought we'd get caught. But like everybody else in that cast is potentially, you know, we just got news last week that, uh, PK and, you know, like, uh, owes back taxes, like, you know, Oh, sorry. I didn't, that was before you, you know, like he said, he always makes excuses, but they have potential money trouble. Um, you know, I, who knows? I hope Maurice, in the clean, but who knows? I mean, there's just seems so much going on. Is there any real wealth anymore or is just everybody criminals? And I know that's really dark. Well, I think the people that tend to go on reality television also tend to be the people that take the type of risks or engage in the type of behaviors that would put them in positions to where they would lose money or be in situations where they are getting money and prop, you know, like they're not, they're not like these super do everything by the book conscientious people. I think like an exception to that would be like Lisa Vanderpump, Lisa Vanderpump and Ken's oh, yeah. businesses are very successful. She was at a level of wealthy and I'm, I'm going to be really honest. I'm a, I stand her. But like, she, <laughs> well, no, I got to get a lawyer to say no. I stand her. <laughs> Come in with Kyle had... Richards, Stan, right here. <laughs> no, I thought that she had lawsuits against her and that there's some shady stuff going on with how she got her money in her restaurants. People have alleged that she like well, they, lit people, them on fire. Yeah, people have alleged that yeah. there's been a lot of accidents and fires. And even when the Porsche crashed into pump uh, a couple years ago, that was the first thing that Ken was seen running away <laughs> as a joke. Alleged, that was a, right. But, you know, there has been those rumors and, you know, Villa Blanca supposedly owed a lot of money to out- outstanding debt. But I don't know how the restaurant business works. Like I'm saying, like, I don't know if that's just normal for the restaurant business. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I kind of like the more I get into this, I realize how many people do crimes. Like I was even telling the audience, like, I'm sure a lot of you guys, you know, have cheated on your taxes at some point. And it might be a little white lie. It might be, uh, you know, like, you know, like, I feel like we all have done something wrong, you know, like, and, and we just haven't got, I don't know. I'm going to stop in case the (laughs) rest is listening. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. Like, okay. It's in def- just quickly in defense of Lisa Vanderpump, I will say I bartended my way through like 10 years of college and 
those types of things are very common with the restaurant industry. That doesn't mean anything nefarious is going on. Um, and I would sorry, just Lisa, I defended you. I just want you to know that. <laughs> you know, that the, the Lisa Kyle battle rages on at all times. And it's really uh, one of those Bravo draw, draw the line down the room, like, and it's still going on. And like uh, Twitter is just another Reddit. Like I said, Twitter is the real hellscape. They really go back and forth. The Kyle stands and Lisa stands. And I'm like, this is so weird. I've enjoyed both of them uh, during times, but speaking of enjoying has your work here uh, and how much time you're putting into this, has it overall affected your enjoyment of being able to watch these shows? For me, um, now I take notes, like meticulous notes on these shows, and I used to just watch them with like, you know, soda and chips, and I got to just escape from everything. And now I'm really watching these things over and over again. Has it affected your enjoyment? I think it has for me. Like, I used to watch them similar to you, just like put them on in the background. I don't know. Yeah. Have a glass of wine, look on my phone, not really pay attention. And now I feel like I have to watch and consume and listen to like, what did Erica say about the crash? Like, it, it's changed the way I'm viewing it. Um, it's different. It's still enjoyable for me, but it it is a little different now. What about you, Angela? For me, I just, whenever I'm busy at work, I like wake up in the morning and I'm like, please don't let a housewife commit a major crime today because I don't have time. <laughs> well, I get, I get scared. Really- I get scared every Friday <laughs> afternoon, evening, because that's usually like that's when they announced Jax was getting let go. And I was like, I mean, it's nothing like you. I just have to come up with a silly meme <laughs> or something, but it still affects my night. I can't imagine what it's like for you guys when you have to comb over papers, you know? Well, also, there's so many, like, interesting ones that we want to go back from the past and examine. Like, we made it when we first started talking, when Ceci had this idea for the podcast, which, by the way, everyone should thank Ceci, because this podcast would not exist. It was, like, totally her idea. I never Ceci, what's your uh, exact address that we can send you? Thank <laughs> you. Your, uh... <laughs> if you have a Venmo, you can just send her. <laughs> but, like, I, yeah, I just, I just, like, can there's so many interesting ones from like the past that we, we made this huge list of stuff that we wanted to go over and we haven't hardly been able to get into any of it. Well, that, but, oh, that, but uh, just so I've been doing this like a year and eight months, I think, or something. And I was the same way. And so then I was like doing like six hour, I was doing ridiculous things. And the thing is like, you don't ever have to stop. Like you can keep, there's no rush. That's what's so great is that you'll have a rainy day pile of ideas, but for you, it's actual like real cases and things because I mean, there's so many, <laughs> people I want. I mean, like, you know, even like I keep saying PK, but like, I know PK had that gambling debt supposedly at the, uh, the win that, uh, that was on record with paperwork. And I mean, there's so many little things has any Bravo, uh, celebrities reached out and say, please stay away from me in any kind of capacity. I would really appreciate it. No, I don't think we're there yet though. I don't think we'll we'll get you there. We'll get you there. (laughs) I think we're so fair, honestly. Like, I, I don't think anybody would be, if they listened, I don't, we're, we really do look at them as people, but then also like, we really try to be objective and fair. I don't know that anybody would be super mad unless they just didn't want to be talked about at all. And then they shouldn't be on TV. Well, I thought it was so funny, uh, Erica Jane, like in some ways I feel like she's been or in my weird head, like I know she had that post we all talk about in December where she outed Trisha Bigelow, the judge, for having an affair with Tom in 2011 with flip phone texts. And she left it up for 40 minutes. And I was always like, well, that's very specific. Like that's almost like somebody like that's why I'm like 
that's why I wasn't surprised when they were in Palm Springs and it came up that, you know, like he's cheating, like he, all that stuff. But I'm like, it almost is like, she's setting up that in my head, setting up that defense of like, he was a bad guy all along, you know, like it almost is like a proof that like, see, I released these text messages from a flip phone that I knew about for 10 years, but she used the defense in the show of like, where am I going to go? But the thing is, she eventually did go somewhere, you know, like she actually, so what finally did it? And in my head, it's like, well, she found out this was coming down the pike. So she left, like if she's saying she would not like, where would she go? What power does she have? Then what finally did it? And why does she want to be considered a hero for it? It's bizarre. Yeah, it's super bizarre. And I think the thing that frustrates people as well is that she could just acknowledge that she knew of the lawsuits and that's why she divorced him. That yeah, like, like, is that, is that, I mean, I guess that's, I'm, I'm about to ask is that legal, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, can't she just tell, say that? And it would be, it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. It's a fact. Yeah. It's out there. We all know about the lawsuits. It's not like she's saying I am guilty in the lawsuits. She's just saying they're out there. I learned about them. I had no idea what was going on and that's why I divorced him. There's I always think the- people would understand that and be reasonable. I mean, she got filed, like she got served with that lawsuit from the Arizona lawsuit. She talked about it on the show. We talked about it because that's the first evidence that hard concrete evidence that we had that she knew of anything going on. And then she talked about on the show how she tried to ask Tom about it and he wouldn't tell her. I mean, I, I think she just has this, and this is just me, not as an attorney, but as a person, I think she has such a complex from being accused of being a gold digger for so long and marrying Tom when he's what 30 years older than her. Yeah. She's like been kind of disclaiming that for decades. And so now it's like almost, she can't stop try to like do things to try to pretend like there was anything in this relationship that wasn't you know, transactional, you know? Yeah. I mean, but, but by the way, so many relationships are transactional that I almost feel like that's a valid form of marriage nowadays. Like it's almost as popular as marrying for love. It seems like, you know, it's like, sometimes I'm like, damn, I wish I had some money. I want a transactional relationship. That sounds amazing. Like, you know, you, somebody just likes you because of what you have, you know, um, <laughs> nobody. Isn't can that what 90 day fiance is about? You're can damn you? right. It is. You're damn right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go. I gotta talk to somebody over at TLC. Um, uh, so as we start wrapping up, because really this is why you got to listen to their podcast. I know you already do, but if you don't, you got to, because they they're able to get into this so much deeper. Cause I didn't even get to ask about like, if you guys got into the EJ global, if they really did funnel $20 million worth through that company, like we hear all of these rumors, like, so would you say your podcast is the one-stop shop where we can actually kind of hear the truth maybe instead of all of these rumors that I, you know, cause I don't know what's real and what's not anymore. I think that is a big key to what we're doing. We really want to honor our legal training and our legal practice and ethics and civility. And so we try not to ever post clickbait. When we post something, we back it up with facts. We cite sources. We try to, even when we see clickbaity things that we don't like, like the, re- the recent lawsuit about Lisa Renna and copyright, which is actually super interesting. And so yeah, that's another one. Damn, attorney. like, you know, thank God you have a podcast because I'm like, damn it, I could talk to you guys for hours. Like, that's another, <laughs> um, uh, but you're right. Like, that, that's another, Lisa Renna was sued for like copyright. And that was a photo taken by a paparazzi. And now she's getting sued for using a picture that was illegally, got, not illegally, but gotten of her and she can't use her own because they sold it for money. That's bizarre. And I wonder, I mean, just to bring it back home, is that like, 
I wonder about Bravo meme makers eventually. <laughs> like, no, I mean, like, you know, who knows? Like, I mean, or even today, like I woke up and I was like that, that photograph of Tom looking very frail or at least skinnier with a black eye got posted. And I was like, well, I don't, and I, I saw it 30 minutes too late. All the good jokes were taken. So I was like trying to figure a way to put a joke <laughs> up. And then, but I was like, I wonder if like who got these shots, they sold it obviously to daily mail and things. Can we start getting copyright infringement towards Bravo meme makers? Yeah. That's a you sexy question. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ryan, Ryan, cut this out. Uh, cut this, take this right out of the show if you could. We are not <laughs> giving legal advice. I'm not taking I both. By the way, even if you were, I wouldn't take it. <laughs> yeah, you're still going to keep posting. No, it is. Like, you have to ask permission from the person that took the photograph. So a lot of these people Tom that are just gave, Tom gave stuff. Tom gave me, oh, the photographer. I was going to say Tom yeah. gave me permission. Yeah, it wouldn't even be Tom because yeah, that's be what's happening in the Rinna. Yeah. Uh, it's just so bizarre and everything is uh, almost legalized now, you know, or not legal, almost uh, through a legal lens now. Like every, we are such a litigious nation, I believe, uh, you know, it keeps increasing on what uh, is considered being able to sue for. But I'm usually not a Lisa Rinna fan, even though I appreciate her on the, her role on the show. Uh, but I was even like, that's wild that she would even have to, cause then it just all in my, like I grew, like I grew up in Kansas, middle-class all I think about when I'm like, Oh, Lisa has to pay somebody to defend her. Like she has to waste her own money to defend that. Like that ticks me off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we should do maybe a whole episode about it. And by the way, we've enjoyed this very much. So we'll come back on your show. And answer oh my God, question. if you could, that would be a dream because this was really, you guys uh, just, you, you, I can tell why you're going to be so successful and already are. And uh, you guys, they were even on Access Hollywood is talking heads the other day. And I want to, I want, I pitched this show to the audience last week, but I want to give it to you. You guys probably already have the show. You got to do uh, Bravo People's Court and you guys can be the two judges and then like, I can like argue Erica Jane's K or like, so we'll get better people. Maybe we'll get celebrities and you guys, like, we'll do it. Like who was guilty or not guilty, Candace or Monique. And then we oh, present, that would be fun. you know, and then you guys get to, or maybe you guys are the lawyers and you get to yeah. argue against each other. And then there's like a team of judges, maybe like Andy and stuff. And we finally once and for all put a lot of this crap to bed. Like Lisa Rinna is, is she or Kyle uh, guilty for taking Denise Richards down or did Denise do that? of her own accord. That would be really fun. Yeah. Really, I'm telling you, that's really what, that's the next thing for you guys. I really feel like this is just the beginning and, you know, thank you so much. Cause I, we didn't even get to talk about Brittany and cause you guys, they do, uh, they have a lot of information about Brittany out there as well, but real quick, what, what can we expect next with this case in my dream head after she had given that impassioned statement, uh, that everybody had picked apart. But after she did that in my head, if it was a movie, the, the judge bangs the gavel and says, you're free, Brittany, you're free. And then that's it. But that wasn't it at all. What is mm. the next steps um, towards possible freedom for at this moment? So I think she's getting there. I mean, after she gave that statement, her counsel resigned, um, her manager, Larry Rudolph, resigned. It kind of seemed to set things off for, for her getting her own counsel and getting out of the conservatorship. So she has her own awesome counsel now who is getting the ball rolling, filed the petition to get Jamie, her dad, out of the financial conservatorship. They're, they're just getting the ball rolling, which is great. Um, but she has to file a petition to say that she can take care of herself financially and make her own health decisions. And it has to be investigated and it has to be corroborated. 
So that will maybe be the next thing. I think last week they just filed trying to get Jamie out. So they're getting baby steps. It's, they're taking baby steps. The law to get does move very slowly, as you say, and you can keep this thing going on. But that's another thing where it's like I, when I read that Brittany has to pay for the defense lawyers against her arguing that she should like, I mean, like that is just so dark to me. And it's just like even from every angle, whether it be me being cheap to like her just basic <laughs> human rights, it just none of it made sense. And I know if you were in law, you would see it from a whole different viewpoint. But it's just so such a bizarre thing that the law is now involved in, in, and here's another person that's using their Instagram. So, uh, I guess artistically, I will use a kind word, um, of another one where I'd be like, why is she po like, uh, it almost makes me believe she's not doing it. Cause why would you keep doing this when you're so close to something happening and you have so much goodwill? And I'm not saying she doesn't deserve to be artistic on her Instagram. Everybody does, but you know, Kanye is artistic too. And he's able to, I mean, we hope he doesn't go back on Twitter, but like he was able to post anything he wanted for a good old amount of time. I don't know. It's just frustrating. I think from the layman, like Bravo fans. It's frustrating to me. I, I, I will not rant right now, but I, like I, I'm an attorney and I hate it and I think it's wrong. So I, yeah, but I mean, I always ask this of anything. Uh, I guess the final thing is do we, um, does the law system in your, uh, your, your views provide us with hope? Do you say, see things in the end of the day, the justice system, uh, you know, might not always get it right, but it is the best, uh, legal system in the world. I mean, I know that's a deep question, I believe that. I really do. I think our jury system is so important and I, everybody hates it, but I lecture people when, if you get jury duty and like, just because you don't want to sit there, you need to sit there and do your jury duty because we are one of the only countries in the world that allows its own citizens, ordinary people to decide the outcomes of cases based on their knowledge of just the world and how it works. And that keeps the laws so that they can be explained to normal people who aren't lawyers. And that keeps the laws fair. And I see anybody that works in the law sees people every day quietly getting up and doing the same thing, the right thing, even when it's hard. We see people working hard on behalf of children, on behalf of their clients, on behalf of people in jail. And we see judges working very hard to make the right decisions. And so a lot of times the stuff that is good is just not talked about because there's nothing flashy about it. But I do really still believe in our legal system. Same with you, Ceci. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I think the problem is right now, it kind of feels like public opinion is kind of differing from what is going on in the courts and what's happening, but we just need to wait it out and see, we're still very early on. And I'm talking about Erica, I'm talking about Jen Shaw. It's still really, really early yeah. on in the case. Like if we'll I have to see if I move to Utah now, is there a chance I could serve on that jury for Jen? No, you have to go to SDNY. Ah, dang it. I bought property <laughs> in the wrong place. Oh my God. Now, uh, you guys, the, the podcast is called The Bravo Docket. Uh, Angela and Ceci spent so much time with us today. You really just knocked it out of the park as you do on your own podcast. So I know you guys already know them, but if you don't, this is a perfect time to hit subscribe. And what do we do when we have anybody that we subscribe to? We immediately give them five stars. Uh, it's the freest, easiest thing that you can do for a podcast that really does help it because most of the time we do this uh, for free and out of some kind of 
uh, personal dark need for attention that I have. Um, but please go do all of that and go to their website. There is so much great information. Go follow their Instagram, more information. I mean, this is real information, guys. This is exactly, I mean, I'm saying if you read all this stuff and listen to all their podcasts, you've completed the first year of law school. That's in the books, right? <laughs> um, but uh, really, I hope you guys will come back because this is just such a fascinating, all of this is just so fascinating to all of us. Uh, but I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. This was really fun. Angela, yeah, fun for thanks. you too. Okay. Good. I, like, I, <laughs> I want to make sure for Angela. Most... I want to make. <laughs> this, is, this is like I really needed this today. Like, I needed I this too. I, was... I I I just yeah. I got I get scared when I talk to really smart people like you guys. And uh, no, it was it was just a blast. <laughs> and I know I can already hear all the positive feedback that we're going to get from this. So thank you, ladies, so much. And I cannot wait to have you back and listen to the next week's episode of your pod. Thank you. Bye. Betches.